We had this guy who we interviewed and we asked him to do, as part of our interview process, we usually ask people to go do a task, right? Because we okay. want to see when they do the work, how well do they do? Sure. And so as part of the interview process, he was doing the task and we were really liking all the stuff that he was doing. He was going to be our first customer facing nice. team member. And I remember that we, we called him to let him know that we wanted to invite him to join the team. And after we told him, there was this huge like sigh of relief on the other end of the line. And he's like, oh, that's really great because I actually just quit my job this week. Wow. I just wanted to do Ose. Welcome to What's Your Story, a podcast from TechNova, where we talk to business people, creatives, and entrepreneurs about their personal backstories and the projects and companies that they built and are building. I'm your host, Joseph Curry. On today's episode, we spoke to Dave Hemnett, one of the co-founders of Jose, a startup creating business tools for small businesses in Africa. Dave grew up in St. Louis in the U.S. and looked poised to help run his parents' successful healthcare business. But in university, he made up his mind to join the Peace Corps when he was sent to Benin. It was in Benin where he met his co-founder, Megan McCormick, who had started a small business accelerator. With combined forces, decided to try and solve the problem of youth unemployment in Africa. It was while they were helping running Accelerator where they saw a trend where most entrepreneurs would always pull out paper letters to show how the business was doing in terms of sales and revenue, even though most of them had a smartphone. It was with this trend that they saw that they could build something to help these entrepreneurs become more digital and more flexible, and thus began their startup journey. So, well, I live here in Ghana now in Accra with my, with my wife and, and daughter. Okay. But I'm from the U.S., I'm originally from St. Louis, Missouri, in the Midwest. Right. And, um, you know, growing up, I think two things. I wanted to be a professional footballer, which mm. you know, I wanted to be the next Lionel Messi, of course. Who, who oh, wouldn't yeah, want to be you that? want to be a big star. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, ex- with the exception of the tattoos, <laughs> uh, that didn't really work out. Right. And the other thing I wanted to be was a businessman. I wanted to have my own business. Okay. What, did you have a specific business in mind? I didn't, you know. I think I got the desire to own my own business from my parents. Okay. What were, uh, they, what were they working on? My parents have their own medical billing business. Okay. Which, if you're not familiar with the healthcare system in the U.S., it's very yeah, complex. Very scattered. <laughs> and so medical billers, basically what they do is they're the, the back-end office for doctors and hospitals. Doctors typically don't have a business degree, right? Mm-hmm. And so they need someone to help them process their insurance claims, make sure that they get paid so they can focus on providing excellent care to their patients. Okay. I watched my parents build this business from a few people in their garage to one of the leading medical billing businesses in the city. Okay. And I think, you know, they really taught me that it can be done. Right. You can build a business. You can build a successful business. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, if, if you have a dream and you're willing to work harder than everyone else and you're willing to get knocked down 10 times, get back up 11, <laughs> it, yeah. then you can build a successful business and therefore a better life for your family. Okay, cool. Um, so that means you went to school to study business to try to take over your parents, like, or do what they emulate what they did? Yeah, well, they wanted me to take over their business, I think, maybe. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but uh, I think, you know, they really inspired me to get into business. Um, okay. But I decided that I wanted to study international business. Okay. And so when I went to university, I... Um, where did you go? 
I went to University of South Carolina okay. for my MBA, my international MBA. All right. uh, before that, I went to a small school in Missouri for my undergrad. All right. But I really, you know, I wanted to study anything and everything business, accounting, marketing, management, everything that I could get my hands on right. with a focus on international business. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think I was reading about that you were working at, um, was it a wealth management company? Correct. Yeah. So after school, I was really, I think, you know, as many people are, when you're in school, you get you get frustrated that you're sitting there. Like, yeah, it feels like a long trek and it's like, where am I going to get out of here? Yeah, it's like I'm learning all of this theory, but I want to get my hands dirty. I wanna, you want to have hands-on experience. Yeah, exactly. And so after school, I, I, I looked for the quickest path to doing that. Okay. Right? And what I ended up doing was joining the Peace Corps. Okay. I don't know. Are you familiar with the Peace Corps? Yeah, I think they do volunteer work, um, I think around the world, right? Around the world, yeah, exactly. So it's an American volunteer organization. And they send education, agriculture, business volunteers all over the world. Okay. And so that actually, when I joined, it landed me in Benin. Right? So I, oh. I first came to... So that was like your first African experience. Exactly. Okay. Right? Well, I, I first landed in Benin in 2013. Back, 2013. Back in 2013. Okay. Yeah. So I served as a Peace Corps volunteer, business okay. volunteer. I worked for this amazing uh, agriculture business that was manufacturing baobab fruit powder. Which interesting. The baobab tree is like, you know, African tree of life. Yes, like this yes, it's, you know, yeah. iconic thing, right? Tree, really huge tree. Yeah. And the fruit from the tree is called a baobab fruit. And the powder that you can manufacture from it is actually like a super fruit. And it's sold all mm. over the world for supplements, for vitamins, everything. Interesting. But that, that was the organization that I worked with during the Peace Corps. Okay. Um, it was a really, really amazing experience helping them revamp their supply chain, get organic certification, okay. help them with marketing, etc. How, how was that experience like? Because I'm just trying to imagine, like, you got to Benin, you're starting. Is it, was it like groundwork? You got to build everything from scratch or was it like things in place for you to play around with? There were some things in place, right? But there was a small office, right? And I was just trying to bring a little bit of my knowledge to the company. Right? Okay. And so... You know, we did a lot of different things from supply chain to organic certification, et cetera. Okay. But while I was in Benin, I also taught entrepreneurship at a local high school. Oh, right? nice. And I think that's what got me really interested in this this problem that we have on the continent of, of youth unemployment. Mm, right? Yeah. I worked with so many brilliant students who the reality was there just wasn't enough jobs when they were done with school. Yeah, I think that's a big problem in Africa where you get all the skills and tool sets, but when you go out in the world, there's nothing for you to actually do. Yeah, and, and it was amazing because they, they were so engaged in my entrepreneurship class <laughs> because I think they thought that, you know, maybe this is my only option after school, mm -hmm. right? And so I, I became kind of obsessed with how do we, how do we solve this problem, problem on the continent? Right. Yeah. But it was about that time that I, I joined Dare to Innovate, which, which you may have seen yeah. is a small business accelerator that was uh, started by my now co-founder of Ose, Megan McCormick. Megan. So is that how you first met Megan? Exactly, yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, so I was in Benin serving as a Peace Corps volunteer there, and she had started the small business accelerator in Guinea, actually. Okay. Part of West Africa. And at the time, they were looking to expand the small business accelerator into a second country. Right? Oh, okay. So, so starting Guinea, you want to go outside the country? Uh, to a second country in the region. Oh, okay. Right? Um, and so Benin ended up being that, that, oh, that okay. second country. And yeah. that's, is that how you first met or you, did you know about it beforehand? So that, that, that's how we first met okay. um, because 
Dare to Innovate had sent out this email to all of the Peace Corps volunteers in the region, oh. trying to see, okay, where can we take it to our, our, next, our next country, right? Cool. And so, yeah, Meg- Megan flew to Nigeria, actually. She took a taxi across the border to Benin. <laughs> That's quite a trip. <laughs> it was. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so we met in, in Cotonou, and then we started building the Small Business Accelerator in Benin as well. Okay. And the, the whole point of the Small Business Accelerator is tackling this problem, right? Youth mm-hmm. unemployment. And as it turns out, the and, and what the studies have shown is that the best way to do that is to help small businesses grow. Right, right. to help create more small businesses and to help the existing small businesses grow and create more jobs right. that our youth can then latch on can, to. Can, can latch on to, exactly. Okay, cool. Okay, so you guys met in Cotonou and Benin, mm-hmm. and then you came up with this, okay, the accelerator want to create businesses for, small businesses for people in Africa. Mm-hmm. So is that how you came up with the concept of OZE, or did that come up later on? Yeah, exactly. So... So after my time in Benin, I actually moved back to the U.S. And then I was still doing, that's when I was working for the wealth management company. Okay. Right? So I was, I was the director of marketing at a wealth management company based in St. Louis. All right. And I was continuing to do the small business accelerator, nights, right. weekends, a few trips back and forth here and there. Right. And as part of running the small business accelerator, we, we would bring kind of the best and brightest young entrepreneurs down to the capital city or somewhere outside the capital city. Oh, right, right. And we would do this intensive training for them around almost, entrepreneurship. Almost like a boot camp. Like a boot camp, exactly. Yeah, it was a boot camp. And so after doing that for a while, you know, we must have trained thousands of young entrepreneurs. We wanted to know were their businesses successful afterwards. Okay. And the team, when they would go out to meet with them, they kept having this experience. Right. We, we would ask our entrepreneurs, how is your business performing? Mm-hmm. Are you making sales? Are you You're making, making profits? Is the revenue coming in? Is, is the money coming in? Right. And they kept taking their, their smartphone off of a paper ledger book okay. and putting it to the side and then opening the paper ledger book to show us how their business was performing. Okay. So they're tracking everything in the book. Tracking everything, pen and paper, gotcha. manually. Yeah, very manually. Yeah. Okay. Which, which is, um, you know, the most popular business management tool for many of our small businesses. True, true. And we kept wondering, how can we, you know, they have this computer. In their hand. In their hand. Basically, the, the <laughs> smartphone is like the best computer in the world now. It's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. It's, it's such a, it's, it's an amazing computer. You know, most of us are still using pen and paper as our main business management tool. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong there. You can run a successful business using pen and paper. paper yeah. But there are problems with using the paper ledger book. True. Right? There's, uh, the data can get lost. The yeah. calculations aren't done. There could be accidents, fires, everything. <laughs> and so we, we wanted to build something that could rep- replace the paper ledger book. Something that okay. was a better tool. Something that gave you insights into your business in real time, rather than you having to pull out a calculator and always keep checking and keep track that way. Right. And so that was really what inspired the the starting of Oze. Okay. And how did the name Oze come about? Yes. Yeah, so I mentioned earlier the small business accelerator is called Dare to Innovate, mm-hmm. which in French is Oze Innové. Oh. So that first word Oze, which means to dare in French. Okay. That's kind of where the word Oze came from. Came we didn't from. want like a French word. We didn't want an English word. We wanted this made up word that would work for the entire region. That makes right? sense. But we felt like all of the entrepreneurs that we work with are very daring individuals, mm. right? They're the ones change, that yeah. 
Yeah, they're the ones that had a dream, that wanted to build something, and then went out and did it to, to make a better life for their family. Right? Right. And so, to name our our business to dare after our daring entrepreneurs, it's it's really it's a toast to mm, them. To them, that's yeah. that's a good concept. Okay, so you came up with a name, Jose. You know that we need to fix this thing of where they're using paper ledgers.、Mm-hmm. So, how did you first get started? Was you, did you get started in Ghana, or was it still in Benin at the time? So we started doing a little bit of research through the entrepreneurs in our small business accelerator, but we wanted to find a place where we could really build a technology product、okay. that had、uh, communities that were a little bit more digitally savvy,、okay. that we could get a lot of real-time feedback from. Gotcha.、Right? And so we did our first kind of market research in Ghana back in 2017. 17. At the time, I was still working my my full time job at the wealth、yeah. management firm. Megan was in grad school,、mm. she's still going to school. So we're just doing this nights、so、and weekends, kind of on the side, like we're building the business on the side. We're doing our st- doing our lifestyle. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and、um, you know, we we had a, a couple of moments that that really propelled us to say, you know, let's give this a go, right? Things like when we tested our prototypes with the entrepreneurs in Ghana, people were so excited that they could see their cash balance,、oh. right? Or they were so excited that they knew how much they spent on marketing this month and、mm. and how much profits they made afterwards. Interesting.、Right? And so eventually, we we decided to take the idea to a few pitch competitions.、Right? Okay. Megan was still in grad school, so、okay. she had access to some pitch competitions. Right. And. We won a few of them, luckily.、Okay. Nice. What was the first one you you guys won? I think, I think one of the first one was the Harvard President's Innovation Challenge. I think is what they call it. All right. And and so we won that and a couple other ones. Oh, actually, it was the Rice Business Plan Competition. <laughs> Rice. <laughs> That's in Houston. Houston yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This was in Houston. So this was to, back in 2017. This was in 2018. 2018. Okay. Yeah, so we did a, some initial market research in 2017, and then 2018 we started pitching your ideas. We kind of decided let's give this a go. Started pitching、okay. in these pitch competitions. Okay. And so after winning a few, we had a little bit of capital. We said, okay, let's let's give this a real chance. Okay. Like how much did you like win from all these pitches?、Mm, I、like、think estimation. Maybe、what? we had like 150k. Okay. And the. I think the Harvard one was like seventy-five k, and and other money from Rice, and、okay. so we had a, a pretty nice yeah, chunk like, of change. It's almost like you see capital in a way. You got some money、yeah. to, to spend. Okay. Yeah. And so、uh, I quit my job. Right. Okay. Which, so you you <laughs> you plunged in full time. I went all in. Okay. <laughs> I quit. I quit my job and and moved to Ghana. So this is in the summer of of twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. Wow. And、uh, we we rented a few desks at Impact Hub at the co working space. Nice. And、uh, started to build a team. Okay, so early days of Jose, what was that like? I want to like what the challenges you guys faced first building this, you know, new startup、mm-hmm. after you quit your job and everything. Had Megan come back from graduate school at that time? So she actually still had one more year of of, of graduate school. Okay,、uh, so、uh, she would come like once every couple of months. Okay,、uh, to visit or spend a week with us, and then it was me and the team on the ground. Yeah. Okay. And、uh, yeah, I mean, I think. One of the most challenging parts of being a founder or building a team in the early days is 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 just that building a team, right? Building a team.、And、yeah, a lot, <laughs> a lot of entrepreneurs say, yeah, getting their first team right is always the hardest thing. Yeah, it's very hard because the people that you need in the beginning are 
what I call the ride or die people. Right? Yeah, I did the people who are gonna like work nights, days, weekends, burn the midnight oil just to try to get it right. Exactly. And I remember we had I won't mention his name just so I don't don't embarrass him, but <laughs> we had this guy who we interviewed and we asked him to do as part of our interview process, we usually ask people to go do a task, right? Because we okay. want to see when they do the work, how well do they do. Sure. And so as part of the interview process, he was doing the task and we were really liking all the stuff that he was doing. He was going to be our first customer facing nice. team member. And I remember that we, we called him to let him know that we wanted to invite him to join the team. And after we told him there was this huge like sigh of relief on the other end <laughs> of the line. And he's like, oh, that's really great. Cause I actually just quit my job this week. Wow. I just wanted to do Oze. <laughs> wow, he was really ready to go. Oh, he was ride or die. Nice. And so those are the kind of people that you really need at the very beginning who are so passionate about the mission that they're willing to do things like that to to join the team. Nice. Okay, cool. So that was your kind of your first hire. Mm-hmm. So from there, you so you're building a team, you have some like 150K estimation yep. like in, in your account. So you got your first hire. Like what was the, like what was that journey like starting from there? As far as getting your first customers on board and everything else? Yeah, so, you know, the first thing we had to do was build a product, right? We had yeah. we had our prototype yes. of the, the business app that we wanted to build, but we didn't have the technology product that we could put on the Play Store. Right? Sure. So we hired, we hired uh, who became our first tech lead, and he actually was working for free for the first, I don't know how many months, nice. right? Because he also really cared about the, the, the problem that we we're trying to solve. Nice. And so we hired him and a few other engineers. We had some people working part-time, some people on contract, as you do when you're first starting. Yeah, first starting out, yeah. <laughs> and we built the very first version of what is now the Oze business app. Okay, and when did you first build that? What year was that? So we built kind of this beta version and launched it on the Play Store in 2018. 2018, like, like late 2018? Like summer 2018. Okay. Yeah. And... So actually, some of this was being built while I was still working my full-time job oh, wow. in the so, U.S. Yeah. Okay. And so we launched it on the Play Store in the summer of 2018. And it was the number one business app on the Play Store for like three weeks in a row. Wow. Nice. And we were like, wow, okay. This Ma- maybe some, this, some, we yeah, got something here. There's some you know? traction. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, of course, after three weeks, it, it wasn't number one anymore. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <But> yeah, <it> is. <laughs> the, the way the algorithm works and everything. Yeah, um, new app comes out. Yeah. Uh, but so then we, we, you know, we kept building. We started getting a few more users on the application. And basically in the early days, it's just all about how, how quickly can you learn? How much can you how learn much, about yeah. the way people are using your app, about... Um, the new features that they might want to see in the app and mm. so on and so forth. Okay, cool. Okay, so you're getting new users, you're getting some traction going. And had Megan hadn't come back yet from the US, right? Not yet. So she was still coming every couple of months, oh, months. Uh, right. to work with us for a few okay. a week here and there. Okay, so 2018, you launched the app around summertime and you're testing the app. So what happens the next year? How did you guys keep growing? Because you've been growing since that year. Yeah, so... I think we won a few more pitch competitions okay. <laughs> at some point okay. and just continued to build the product, right? Continue to get more users. We came out with uh, a monetization strategy. What, what in the early days was yeah. Oze premium and pro, which, okay. which is not what we call them anymore. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's always interesting because you, you did launch with a freemium model. Like you, exactly. you can get and use it. So like, was there a roadmap or did I plan for how do you eventually make money from the app? Yeah, so we we didn't really know in the future, right? Okay. You know, or in the beginning, 
you know, you, you've seen companies like Facebook and these other startups who yeah. grow for five, six years before they even think about the making revenue, right? right. Uh, but to do that, you have to have investors who are okay with that model. Well, right? yeah, that's, that's hard today. And that's a little hard today. <laughs> but yeah, I think, you know, our, our first monetization strategy was let's build this freemium model where users can have access to a free version of the app and then upgrade for more advanced feature features. Set. Cool. And so once we had some of those more advanced features, like being able to send personalized invoices and receipts to your customers, okay. being able to add employees to your account. So you could be in the north of Ghana and the, your shop manager could be down south running the shop and you right. could see Am I making sales this week or right. not? So is money coming in this week? Is money coming in, right? Even though I'm not here watching yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. And so we launched some features like that, and those were paid features. Uh, okay. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So you, okay. So yeah, everything is going well to track. How many users do you have at, at the time, like at the end of 2018? Oh, uh, 2018, maybe we had five, 5,000, something okay. like that. Yeah, 5,000 and growing. Yeah, and growing and growing. Okay. Yeah. So, and then you were pitching more competitions, trying to make more money. So, when did you first officially like raise your third seed capital? So, we did a what I would call kind of a pre-seed round, right? Right. Uh, in about 2020. Okay, 2020. And even then, we we're we're still building the product, really. Right? Oh, we, so still testing it out. We're still to- testing it. We weren't really focusing on growth. Basically, we would run some Facebook ads mm-hmm. or run some other campaigns when we needed to test a new feature. Right? Okay. But that first little bit of amount of money let us put a, a little bit of marketing spend for a few months in a row mm-hmm. into into growing. Okay. Okay. So you're still testing the app, still regardless, but then you still officially said, "Let's raise some money." going forward right yep yep exactly okay. and what was that experience like did when you start pitching to vcs I, i'm guessing you pitched to vcs what was that response like oh we weren't we weren't at the vc level yet <laughs> it was, it was, was it like more i guess like family and friends or well we did a little bit of family and friends and we did uh, angel investors pretty okay. much right so i remember one of our first investors was this couple who the husband uh, was one of the early employees of wayfair okay which is one of the the companies in the uh, what is a like online furniture company in the yeah. U.S. Yeah. Okay. So we got uh, several of these angel investors. Some of the investors from the pitch competition that we did also came on board to give us a little bit of the seed capital to continue to, to, to build, build the product. Oh, so great. So for them, was it more like, okay, they like the business, they want to see it grow, or would they look and say, okay, are you guys going to eventually give us our money back as far as a return on investment? Yeah, I mean, I think these really early stage investments it's it, you're hoping right <laughs> but i think they really saw the potential in the team yeah. that, that, the, the team really had the potential to build something that could scale uh, yep. to a really um a really a really big level right okay cool so at what point did you guys decide that okay let's try to i guess expand to other countries because you had been in ghana since 2017 2018? In 2018. Yeah, it was okay. when we first launched the app in, in Ghana. Mm-hmm. And at some point, I think we just opened it up, right? Because in the Play Store, you can just check or uncheck the countries that right. you, know, you want it to be available. Right. But we didn't really start thinking about how do we build a team in another country until, I guess that would have been 2021. Okay. Right? When we raised our, our seed investment round. Okay, right? cool. So... I think we can reverse before that because yeah. 2020 COVID came. 
and everything uh, yes. kind of shut down. So what was the, I guess, the impact of that for you guys' business? Was it detrimental or was it maybe more of like a blessing in disguise in a way? Yeah, so it's interesting. Um, in 2020, when the pandemic hit and when the lockdown started here in Ghana, right. most of our users started to see their sales decline right? mm. because customers are not going out and no one's buying. Right. And so we asked ourselves, how do we help them? How do we help them survive this? Right. Mm -hmm. And what we ended up doing was helping facilitate what we called COVID-19 relief loans. Mm, okay. And so these were loans that would help the small businesses get through this period, keep their, help their business survive. Stay on, yeah, stay on board. Exactly. <laughs> and what we realized is that there's a really huge opportunity to lend to small businesses. Mm, okay. And that was really kind of the, the second problem that we solve for small business, right? The first is small businesses need to understand how their business is doing. Right. They need to organize their business data. They need to keep better financial records, yeah. not just in the paper ledger book yeah, so that they know, you know this is how I'm doing at any given point in time. Sure. And the second big challenge that many of our small businesses face is access to capital, mm -hmm. access to yeah. affordable, affordable capital. capital. Right. And so this experience of giving out the COVID-19 relief loans realized that there was this big opportunity to lend to, to small okay. businesses in so, the space. Because you guys started as a kind of a business coach to see your numbers, but then, then you kind of saw opportunity for lending? Yeah, exactly. So we started as this kind of digital record keeping tool plus the business coach aspect, right? right. Because many of our small businesses are... Maybe they don't have a formal business background. Maybe they're entrepreneurs. They're doing entrepreneurship by necessity. And mm -hmm. so they love to talk to our business coach, get a little bit of feedback, right. talk about this growth strategy or that growth strategy. Right? Um, but yeah, then uh, during the pandemic, we realized here's a huge opportunity to mm -hmm. give loans to small businesses. Awesome. Cool. So when, when did you officially start saying, okay, let's build it as a feature and let's start like, pushing to our customers? Yeah, so... We took our time with this one, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> because we we wanted to we wanted to facilitate the loans. We mm -hmm. didn't really want to give the loans off our balance sheet. Right? right, right, right. So we wanted to make sure that we found the right financial institution partners to come on board mm -hmm. to to make those loans, right? Right. But I think the 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 insight that we had was that there's this mismatch in the market, right? Mm. There's this mismatch between the the data that small businesses have right and the data that financial institutions use to assess their creditworthiness right right because i mean the reality is 90% of transactions that our small businesses do are still done in cash yeah most of them yeah we're we're yeah. moving to digital we're, we're, still, we're still cash heavy yes that's <laughs> we're true. still very cash heavy and so when a financial institution or a bank is assessing the creditworthiness of a small business based on the inflows and outflows of their bank account, mm -hmm. they're not getting the whole picture. Yeah, they're getting right? this midget of data. They're getting a small part of it, right? Yeah. And and in Ghana, mobile money, right? Yeah. So if they're not looking at mobile money statements as well, then we're really not seeing they're the not full seeing picture. Anything. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so there was this mismatch between what the financial institutions were using to assess creditworthiness and the actual business performance of a small mm. business. Mm. And so this is the opportunity w that we saw where okay. we could be the bridge between right. the small businesses and the, banks. And, the, and the banks. Okay, cool. So you bought, so eventually you bought a uh, financial partner on board to mm -hmm. kind of be that 
to that partner like okay we have the data we can give it to you and help us facilitate these loans yep yep exactly okay cool and that was in 2020 with lockdown so you started rolling out that feature in 2020 uh towards the end of 2020 2021 is when we started to to, to do this yes. awesome okay so 2021 that's when you guys officially said let's go raise money and try to expand right 2021 is when we did an official kind of seed round okay right? and i think we did 700k okay was our seed investment that we closed in january of 2021 okay 2021 and that money was going to be used for building out the new lending feature and other things yeah it was actually it was originally going to be for launching our ios app because at, at this time <laughs> right. we were still on well, android, android only <laughs> oh wow android oh wow that's that's a wow yeah i mean i think you know for us though ios penetration is growing in ghana mm-hmm. and in nigeria it's still maybe 10 20 percent right of the like market. android is a leading leading uh, um, uh, um, uh, operating system here in ghana exactly exactly and so at the time we wanted to build out our ios app and then we wanted to continue to build the product okay Okay, so the C couple of you, capital you raised was more of like, okay, it would have built the iOS app, but also the lending features also coming on board. But also, yeah, we needed to build a few other features into the app, uh, some features that we call uh, cash in and cash out. Okay. Because at the time, we were mainly focusing on sales and expenses, mm. recording those types of transactions in your app. But a loan transaction is, it's not a sale, right? No. It's definitely not an expense. No, it's not. But it's, it's cash in. Yeah. And so we needed to have that feature in the app to help our small businesses record their loans and keep track of their loans in the application. Okay, okay. So you're building out this out in 2021. Mm-hmm. So when did you decide, guys decide that, okay, I think we can maybe move to Nigeria? Like, when was that planned out? Yeah. So sometime in 2021, we started to think, okay, is is now the right time to expand to Nigeria? Yeah. Like, what like what goes into that? Like, what goes into expansion? Like, what do you, how did you guys sit down and say... Are we going to expand? Like, what goes into that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's 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 partially driven by the investment landscape, right? We started building the business in Ghana because we wanted a place where we could iterate really fast, where we could test, and if we made a mistake, hmm. our customers weren't going to throw us away, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> but the competition is a little bit uh, heavier, right, when it comes to Nigeria. That's right? very so true. We wanted to be sure when it came time to move to Nigeria, that we we were ready for that. Okay, cool. And so we started doing some pilots in Nigeria. Okay. Uh, we started running a, a, a few Facebook ads, getting a few customers in Nigeria, trying to understand what's mm. the difference between the way that like Ghanaian small business will use it and, and the, the way that Nigerians, yeah. Okay. Um, like, w- did you see any, like, was any huge difference or was it kind of similar? It, it, was, it was largely very similar. There's, there's one interesting example that we always give. We have a feature in the app where uh, you can remind your customers to pay. Right? In our markets, we do a lot of selling on credit. Hmm. Right? And so if someone ever pays you back, that money just disappears from the system. <laughs> so right. we have this awesome feature that we call Payment Reminder, where hmm. small businesses can send an automated reminder to their customers to make sure to remind them to pay. To pay and in the app, you can you can set when you want to be reminded that that payment is due. Mm, okay, so you mind yourself, okay. And our Ghanaian users didn't really want to select a date. They wanted to say, it's, oh, it's due in a week, mm. around this time, right? Mm, interesting. But our Nigerian users wanted to, this is the day. <laughs> the day <laughs> customer needs to pay, pay me back. now, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and so some, some little things like that that we noticed in terms of the differences between our Ghanaian users and our Nigerian users. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So you're piloting in Nigeria and then when did you eventually decide, let's like, let's go full steam ahead? Yeah, so we wanted to raise another another round of, of funding before we wanted to go full steam ahead in, in Nigeria. Right? Okay. And so that really that really brings us to 2022. Okay. Um, in 2021, we started raising, right? But we okay. officially closed our pre-seed round in January of January 2022. Yeah. Which, is that this year? We're, it's 2022 right now. Yeah, we're now. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're in it right now. <laughs> so that was the very, be- the very beginning of this year is when we closed our our pre-series A round. Okay. And the point of that round is really for us to expand in Nigeria. Okay. And I think you raised about, how much was it again? We closed about $3 million. Okay. Okay. And that's in January 2022? January 2022, very beginning of this year. Okay, cool. Yeah. And you get that money to expand officially to Nigeria. Exactly. Yep. And okay. we started really building out the team right? because we had a few people in Nigeria, but we wanted to build out our customer-facing operations in Nigeria in order to really support our customers in Nigeria well. Okay, cool. So now you're fully running in Nigeria and in Ghana at the moment. Exactly. Okay, cool. So right now you're running two countries, but is there other plans to uh, expand to other countries in the West African region? You know, I think we're, we're really just focused on winning these two markets at the moment. We have run a few other pilots in a few other countries. Okay. Um, we've had a lot of kind of inbound demand. People saying, oh, if your app was in Benin or if your app mm. was in Congo, right? Because our app is also in French. So we yeah. have a French oh, and an English yes, version. Yes, yes. That, oh, everyone w- would, would use, use it. it right? But you need to test it first. <laughs> we need to test it first. We need to run our pilots and we need to be able to have you know, customer facing team members on the ground there yeah. to be able to provide support. So I think at some point we will, mm. but we're not You're sure right, exactly yeah. which is the right country yet to go in yet mm. okay that's that's interesting so right now you're in ghana you're in nigeria business is running it's doing well are there plans to maybe even go raise a series a maybe eventually when you start expanding other countries yeah i think you know definitely the next step is raising our series a yeah. um we've got some really cool things coming out before the end of the year this okay. year and we want to see how the market reacts to those things, which we can yeah. talk about a little bit. Sure. And then uh, I think next year sometime is when we're going to think about, okay, when do we go raise our, our Series A? Have we hit the milestones that we need to hit in order to raise mm-hmm. it? And what are we going to do with that money, right? Is yeah. it expand to new countries or is it continue to go deeper into Ghana and Nigeria? Okay. Yeah. So speaking of the like the market for- factors and market forces, right mm-hmm. now, I guess we are in, because we're recording in September, and of course, in Ghana, inflation is about 33%. Like we have high fuel prices, a lot of things happening with high prices for food and everything. Mm-hmm. So how are your business responding to all these new market forces? Like mm-hmm. when it comes to it, like, what's your customer, what are your customers saying to you? Are they saying we need more loans? What are they saying to you? Yeah, I think, I mean, I mean, that's a big part of it, right? Um, as prices go up, right, our expenses go up as well. Mm. And in order to continue to do well as a small business owner, uh, sometimes you need a little bit of extra capital right, to, to keep your business going or to, to fulfill that big order, for example. Right. right. We do see a lot of demand coming in for loans, in terms of uh, from our small businesses. Okay, cool, cool. Okay, but so now I think you guys are really are really good on steady ground. So yeah, you kind of raise your series pre series A. You might raise maybe next year and maybe expand. So 
throughout the throughout your personal journey from St. Louis all the way to Ghana and we've been in in Ghana and now Nigeria looking back at everything do you have anything that you might would have changed before you started doing the business or anything alongside you would add it like just throughout that personal journey I mean I think one of the most important lessons that I've learned is to spend as much time with customers as possible okay right how often can you go out and sit in your your small business owner shop and watch them use the app or watch mm. them do business with their customers right and we did a lot of that in the beginning okay. um, but i think for me personally i wish i would have done more of that right? okay it, w- it was kind of something that megan did a lot of at the time okay and i think it's just so important to spend as much time as possible with your customers awesome okay and you personally from running the business and looking at everything if you had to give maybe advice or just any commentary on people who want to like start a business like yours or any other business as far as entrepreneurship like what advice would you give them yeah i think i think the most important advice that i've gotten and and that i continue to give myself right <laughs> is is to is to get comfortable being uncomfortable right mm. and because as a startup founder if you want to succeed, you have to grow every single day, right? You you have to learn every single day, you have to grow every single day if you want to succeed. Hmm. And that requires putting yourself in positions where you're uncomfortable. Right. It's like you might kind of quit your job and just moving forward. Exactly, right? like like quitting my job and just saying let, let let's do this thing, right? And you know, there's I can't remember who who said it, but it's most successful business owners they go to the office every day or they or, or they st- they run their business every day wondering when the other people on their team are going to realize they don't know what they're talking about right? <laughs> <Interesting>. <laughs> because they're constantly putting themselves in positions where they're uncomfortable they're they're getting in the door and then they're figuring it out right? Right. they're learning how to do it every single day and okay. so that's where this 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 concept of get comfortable being uncomfortable really okay. really comes from and that was Dave Emnett, the co-founder of Ose. Thanks for listening to this episode. And don't forget to like and share with your friends and maybe even leave a review. We'll see you again next time. Thanks.